Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Emma Sassik's interview with the director and writer for Scrapper, Charlotte Reagan. Ali! George? You playing out? Uh, hi, that's my bike. We were just making sure that all of these bikes were road safe. Oh, yours isn't, by the way. Thank you so much. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm so excited to talk to you about this movie because I I watched it um, in January at the Sundance Film Festival, and it is still one of my top favorite films that I've seen from this year. It's just so incredibly sweet. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks. Of course. Anytime I get a chance to speak with a filmmaker, I know it's an easy question, but I just have to know how something like this came to mind for you. Was this a, a personal tale that you got to tell or something that was just floating around in your mind? <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's really terrible that I've not thought of like a better story, but I can never answer it better than saying that I don't really remember because it was so long ago. Like there's lots of... The personal aspects are that, you know, I like wanted to do like a joyful kind of working class story because that's like the world I remember growing up. But beyond that, there's, you know, it's not a, like anything I've experienced in terms of Georgie's kind of story or anything like that. There's for sure characters I recognise and and people I love, of elements of those in there. But otherwise, yeah, who knows? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Can you relate to Georgie as a character? Because I try to think back to how I was as a 12 year old. I believe that's how Georgie is in the film. I would not be as resourceful as this little girl. I mean, she is scamming the the Child Protective Services, whichever the name is over in the UK. She is scamming every single adult that she knows. She can take care of herself without a problem. And I think I would just fail at that within five minutes of trying. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. She is very good at it. Um, Lola herself is also an incredible storyteller and can convince you to do absolutely anything. It's really her her superpower. So I think I'm the same as you. I kind of wish that I've probably <laughs> wrote characteristics that I wish I had. I wish I was that good with my words and that charming enough to convince people of anything, but I know for sure, <laughs> not, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said that there are some elements that you put in that you recognize that you are very familiar of, whether it's from your own upbringing or just the, the area that you grew up in and, and live in um, what are some of those things that are very personal in this film to you and that you know you know very well just the the feeling more than anything more than any particular details it's more like the sense of of joy and that like childhood perspective of like not knowing that you have less than other people you know mm -hmm. and just feeling like the world you're in is is the best world possible you know and like the the working class communities like coming together and, and supporting one another and, and that kind of sense of safety for the kids on the estate, I think is something I recognize for sure. Yeah. 
and uh, I I do love the friendship that she forges forges with her friend, where they, I feel like they they both recognize that there's something wrong here that they really shouldn't be left up to their own devices. I know her friend does live with his family. Georgie is in a much different situation, but they just seem to be supporting each other in their crazy turmoils, which includes what it was, it's stealing bikes and <laughs> taking money from people. <laughs> was there anything that, I guess, as you were writing this film, was there anything that you felt was a little too much to have a child do? Um, or was everything very much rooted in that reality that either you are familiar with or other people are familiar with? Like, did you ever think, well, maybe this is not exactly the right way and right path for a child to go on? Um, no, not really. I think I always saw the script as um, like Georgie's script. So mm -hmm. it's almost like I've gone to Georgie a year after something happened and I've said to her what happened last summer. And I think naturally kids embellish and their storytelling is full of magic. Do you know what I mean? Because she's obviously like not building a real tower up to the sky. So in, in that same way, I think the whole film is potentially like semi-fantasy. Mm -hmm. Like when Jason shouts at her, I'm always like, did, did that actually happen? Or is that Georgie's retelling of that? Do you know what I mean? It's very mm -hmm. much like rooted in her perspective beyond the stylish elements. And then no, like I kind of think like, um, yeah, like working class kids in particular are, are super resilient and and some of them unfortunately have to shoulder a lot more than, you know, other, other kids might have to and have to kind of grapple with with supporting their family or at the very least kind of like semi-raising themselves at times. So so to me, I, I don't, yeah, I never look at things like the bike stealing or anything like that in a in a negative way. I, I think it's for, you know, the world that has failed these kids. It's not the kids that are failing the world, you know? Of course, yes. I, I'm an only child. So I very much related to the, the independence that you gain especially very early on. And uh, I was not raised in the in the UK, but uh, very much so had to, you know, take myself to school by myself uh, from a, I think ever since I was nine years old or so, I was making sure that I was feeding myself and dressing myself and getting to the school bus on time, my parents having to work and everything. So there are definitely those those moments that are very um, relatable to myself uh, with this story. A, a little bit about the those fantasy elements. That was something that I thought was so so cool about this film. Obviously, you have um, the father and daughter reuniting at one point, kind of like the family dramedy aspect of the film. Um, I love those mockumentary moments where you have her classmates and friends talking about her saying. I don't know if she's really all well in the head. <laughs> and then you have some of those kind of like comic book moments. I feel like the spiders giving interviews themselves or talking throughout the film. Was that always part of the initial outline for this story? Or was that something that kind of came as you started uh, thinking about the film, whether it was in the writing process or just overall thinking about the story? With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, 
provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Um, yeah, they like um, having the kind of more stylish or obscure moments was kind of always in there or from quite an f- early draft it was. But then the execution of them changed, you know, like when my DP Molly came on board, she had like much better ideas than I had that we then <laughs> changed. And when my production designer, Eleanor, came on board, she... So it's kind of like a, yeah, a monster of all those opinions that made it much better but we always had kind of the weird the weird moments we always wanted to kind of take those risks even if some of Mm -hmm. them weren't perfect we just preferred that we were yeah like doing that and breaking some of the forms for sure Mm -hmm. rather than just playing it safe and you know not necessarily getting your full voice through that story yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah and it seems like it was a very collaborative effort on set um, from so many different departments. Uh, is that something that was uh, new to you in terms of the filmmaking process? Or is that how you always strive to make, whether it's your own films or any of the films that you are involved in? Yeah, yeah, it's for sure my preference on every project is like to I think it's part of like kind of the joy of this job is that you get to be like surrounded by friends and friends that are like incredible at their job so why would you go in with a really strong-willed opinion if these incredible specialists are are gonna you know help you bring that to life you know so uh, it's how I hope every project it's not always the way this one was very particular you know Molly's one of my best friends and Eleanor my production designer I've known since I was like 12 or 13 we went to school together so a very long time and Theo the producer is is one of my closest friends so yeah I think that's like quite a rare space that we created and Mm -hmm. I know I won't be lucky enough to have it on every project but hopefully here and there I'll get some of them like that for sure (laughs) yes absolutely um I did want to chat a little bit about Lola and Harris um I think this is Lola's first film appearance or her debut is that right? I mean, yeah. she she looks like a natural. I mean, she's a born star. How, I guess, how did you find Lola through this, uh, either through the casting process or was it, you know, some other way that you happened to find her? And how did you know that she was the, the one to play Georgie? Oh, yeah. Um, our casting director, Shaheen, is incredible uh, at everything, but in particular at like street cast young people and mm-hmm. finding kinds of characters um and it was like quite a long search we started it before covid begun so a year before we got to shoot we we were doing it for we were meant to shoot much earlier than we did so we were, were meeting young people in schools before covid and oh. kind of went into classrooms and stuff and then once covid came around it was a much more like tape world and then you'd eventually get into auditions um but Lola sent in this incredible tape talking about how much she loved like discount stores and how much she loved like going to Home Bargains, which is like our popular discount store. And she just rambled away about it for ages. And instantly, <laughs> I think I said to Theo, the Home Bargains girl is is the best and she's going to be Georgie. And then when we met her, she was super shy and she, she wouldn't actually say anything. Um, she would just say... I think she just kept saying not sure and that's what she just kept repeating for every question mm-hmm. 
but we started stat tape was so magic and we kind of spoke to her mom about it and, and she was very you know transparent about like you just need to be consistent and she just needs to feel comfortable it was like an awkward audition space which is scary for adults let alone for for kids you know so we started going around to Lola's house like once twice a week for cups of teas and making fools of ourselves by doing improv and that kind of to to warm up and then when it came to the shoot she just switched it on and she was like the ultimate professional and just incredible yeah yeah Oh, that's adorable. Um, I mean, she really is just wonderful. And it, if you didn't know that it was her first film, you would think that she's been doing this since she was in in diapers or something like that. But I mean, she's just she just fully embodied it. Um, and it seems like her and Harris Dickinson just had, I hope, as fun off screen as they did on screen too. Um, you know, was he? You know, did you? write this with him maybe in mind or after some time did you just feel like he would be the best person to to embody this father figure who you know was not around for a good portion of her life yeah yeah um I don't really tend to write with people in mind just in case they say no and then the heartbreak would just be devastating um but yeah we always wanted to cast Georgie first because we felt like the dad should be anchored around the, the daughter, you know, and, and that we shouldn't do that thing of casting the the role that could be a name and then dictating what, because those searches for young people, for young girls in particular, are so, are so tough to find like an 11 year old, a 12 year old that can carry the entire film is tough. So we didn't want to kind of do it the wrong way around you know um mm. so we started kind of meeting with Lola and then we started thinking about the Jason role and I'd worked with Harris on a short film before so I just knew he was like an incredible like such a selfless human obviously his performances are incredible as well like he's a great actor but he's also just like so kind and, and so grounded and so willing to offer other performers like so much space and so much himself to to help them which I think we wouldn't have found with many other people for sure yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's so different in every role that I see him in too so he's a chameleon <laughs> yes yeah he's brilliant well Charlotte I I do have to uh, end our time here today but I just want to thank you so much for for chatting about this really lovely film congratulations on on the success so far and I hope I, I know that we're going to get a lot of really fun things from you again in the future. So just thank you very much and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to chat to me as well. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Emma Sassick's interview with the director and writer for Scrapper, Charlotte Reagan, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Scrapper is now currently playing in select theaters from Keynote Warper. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For a $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we will see you all next time.
I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it. Because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts.